Last week we looked at the Christian worldview and how it leads us to work in a distinctively Christian way. This week, in week six, um, called Joining God's Work in the World, we're going to look at how unbelievers fit into the biblical picture of work. So it's vital that we engage in our work from within a Christian worldview. But this doesn't mean that we can dismiss as useless um, the work governed by alternative worldviews. Because scripture teaches that all work mirrors God's work. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see God working in two ways. We see his work of creation as he brings into existence a world that glorifies him and conforms to his will. We also see his work of providence as he cares for and nurtures his creation. And one of the primary ways God cares for his creation providentially is through human work itself. As Christians, we want to mirror both forms of work, by glorifying him and honoring his design for creation, but also by providing for our neighbor and doing our work with excellence. Although the first is not possible for unbelievers, um, since they don't acknowledge Christ as Lord, so they're not motivated by glorifying God. But the second certainly is doing work that provides for our neighbor and doing our work with excellence. All people, whether or not they're Christians, can do their work in ways that serve others. This mirrors God in his providential work. Now, the doctrine of common grace is the basis for unbelievers participating in God's work. This doctrine states that God has given a measure of his blessings to all people, both believer and unbeliever alike. Psalm 19 teaches that God reveals to all people something about his presence and glory through nature. Romans 1 and 2 teach that all humanity has some knowledge of God, including some sense of honesty and justice and love and so on. The universally recognized law that we should treat others as we wish to be treated comes from God himself. Isaiah 28, 24-29 teaches that God instructs the farmer and teaches him the right way to farm. And this is quoting Pastor Keller from his book, Every Good Endeavor. This is remarkable. Isaiah tells us that anyone who becomes a skillful farmer or who brings advancements in agriculture is being taught by God. Every advancement in learning, every work of art, every innovation in healthcare or technology or management or governance is simply God opening his book of creation and revealing his truth to us. And this is true whether or not the person acknowledges God as the source of his or her wisdom and ability. The doctrine of common grace has many implications for how we engage with unbelievers in the popular culture as we seek to glorify God in our work. First, we value all forms of work and work performed by all people. All forms of work are valuable to God in as much as they are incorporated into his providential care for the world. This means Christians should not privilege white-collar jobs like management positions or knowledge work or jobs that allow the Christian worldview to explicitly be worked out um, because all work has the capacity to mirror God's work and it's used by God in the love and care of his creation. And this is true regardless of the worldview of the individual. Christians never undervalue good work simply because it's done by unbelievers. Second, the doctrine of common work um, as part of a robust Christian worldview, helps us make sense of the world and engage the world with healthy self-awareness. 
It's simply the case that unbelievers often exceed their Christian counterparts in both the quality of their work as well as their morality and wisdom. This is because they're recipients of God's blessings too. It's also the case that Christians consistently fail to be as good as their worldview should make them, and that's because of the doctrine of sin. Christians then should neither be surprised to find they are outdone by unbelievers, nor blind to ways they damage the community. Our work with others should be marked by both humble cooperation and respectful provocation. Third, the doctrine of common grace leads us to resist the mistake of seeking to withdraw from the culture. The standard response of Christians to popular culture in the last few decades has been some form of disengagement, either complete renunciation, creating an alternative Christian subculture, or uncritical consumption of the culture. And all these responses fail. They fail on the one hand due to a thin view of sin that treats sin merely as a set of actions that can be removed from one's life by being very careful to follow God's law and steering clear of anything that might tempt us to break it. These postures of disengagement miss the fact that sin is also idolatry, disordered desire, and thus it's always present no matter how vigilant we are about withdrawing from the culture. But these postures of disengagement also fail, on the other hand, because they, they fail due to a thin or intellectualistic view of common grace. Romans 1 teaches that unbelievers not only have a knowledge of God, which includes a sense for truth, justice, and so on, but also that they are resisting Him. They're resisting God by suppressing that knowledge of God. The resultant picture is actually a very complex one, and this is um, quoting Pastor Keller. We can see all cultural production as a dialogue between our innate, affirming response to God's common grace and the idolatrous, rebellious nature of our hearts. Therefore, human culture is an extremely complex mixture of brilliant truth, marred half-truths, and overt resistance to the truth. As Christians, We have to expect to discover God's truth embedded in the culture, and we should honor it and give thanks wherever and whenever we discover it. We should also expect to find corruption. So this requires a humble, critical engagement with the culture, rather than withdrawal or uncritical consumption. So let's summarize what we've looked at this week. Two main points. First, the doctrine of common grace, that God sheds his blessings on all people, means unbelievers can participate with God in his work as they strive to serve the community and work with excellence. Second, the doctrine of common grace is the grounds for a posture of faithful presence within the culture that is marked by affirmation of the value of all work, self-aware cooperation with unbelievers, and humble critical engagement with the culture. Okay, well, let's end um, with just a few discussion questions that you can reflect on before you get together as a home group and talk through this week. First, unbelievers, we've seen, mirror God's providential work, but their work is not oriented towards God's glory as it should be for Christians. Will that difference manifest in the way that unbelievers work? And can you think of some examples of what that might look like? Second, let's say you have the option of hiring either a Christian or a non-Christian to a position. 
What factors should determine your decision? How does the doctrine of common grace guide you in making that decision? Last, in what ways have you witnessed the church disengage from the popular culture either by renouncing it, creating an alternative Christian subculture, or engaging the culture uncritically? And what was the result when that happened? Those are a few questions to think about as you process what we've looked at this week and prepare to discuss with your home groups.